This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Dave, the baseball season is flying. It's currently, as we record this, July 31st. Tomorrow, August 1st. I can't believe that the season has went this fast already. It feels like we just started doing this podcast in April. Well, it feels like April was was a long time ago, but you know, I'll make it even I'll take it one step further in the NFL Hall of Fame games in two days. See, it's crazy that we're already talking about teams in training camp, and now you bring up the fact that we have a first preseason game here coming up. It's wild how fast the summer went, but uh, yep. no 140, one... 147 days till Christmas, buddy. All right, now you can just stop because I don't All need right. to know that. Let's talk about the Cubs and the Reds then. Yeah, let's move to our – so we are recording this. It is July 31st, Monday afternoon. First game we're going to look at for the July 31st Monday slate. It's going to be a 7.05 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Cincinnati Reds traveling to Chicago to take on the Chicago Cubs. Andrew Abbott on the mound for the Reds. Marcus Stroman on the mound for the Cubs. Currently this line, Cubs are favored minus 120 for the full game with a total of about eight. So Dave, what are you thinking for the Cubs-Reds game? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to think the Reds are kind of back in, in form. They took two out of three from the Dodgers, and they've won eight of their last 11. Um, you know, maybe they're getting some of their mojo back after they lost, I think, five of 60 or Brewers. Um, I'd be taking the Reds if I weren't leery of the travel situation. You know, they were in Los Angeles last week, and uh, yesterday, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and Abbott's had back-to-back shutouts, and he's only had one bad game, and that was against the Brewers. The Cubs haven't seen him, but we know the Cubs – hit left-handed pitchers better than right-handed pitchers. And the Cubs had won a whole bunch before losing to St. Louis Sunday. And their bullpens have been really good. I've liked Stroman a lot, uh, but he's kind of fallen on hard times, like real hard times, uh, which leads me to liking the Reds, I think, if I bet aside. But, you know, both team totals are three and a half, um, just over with a game total of eight. So you got a little bit of an overlay there, which you don't normally get. So I'm inclined to like this under, but, I think the first five under four and a half looks like the best bet here. Yeah, I agree with you, actually, for if I had to bet a side, I'm with you with the Reds. You mentioned how Abbott really has only had one tough game, and it was against the Brewers, and he's seen the Brewers three times this year, so it makes sense maybe why the Brewers got to him at least once. You look at Marcus Stroman, you mentioned that too. It's like he was money until about the month of July, Now he's maybe fading back to the mean. Maybe it's just a bad month. Who knows? But I look at the two. Abbott hasn't seen Chicago yet. Uh, Stroman hasn't seen Cincinnati yet. And outside of Joey Votto with this young Reds roster, not a ton of these guys have seen Stroman very much either. I, I lean Cincinnati if I had to take a side. I probably lean towards the under. And because these two bullpens can be sketchy, maybe it would be the first five innings under. And then uh, I did have a prop that I liked. Uh, I I do like Marcus Stroman to go over four and a half strikeouts, and I kind of laid it out already. He's pitched relatively well this year outside of the last month or so. He hasn't seen Cincinnati. The Cincinnati players in general haven't seen a ton of him, and he's pitched really well at home. 
And I feel like this number at four and a half feels pretty doable because like kind of corresponds with me liking the under. I don't think there's going to be a ton of runs. So I think both these guys get deeper into the game. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you kind of went against what I would think when, you know, we know Stroman's been bad the last month, but now we're expecting him to strike out five guys. Um, you know, maybe he does. It's probably not a bet I would make, but I totally, I understand your logic. That was our first game between the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. Moving to our second game here of the July 31st Monday slate. It is going to be a 6.07 Central Time first pitch between the Baltimore Orioles who are traveling to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. Kyle Gibson on the mound for the Orioles. Chris Bassett going for Toronto. This one currently lined Toronto favored minus 135 with a total of about nine here. Dave, what are you thinking about for a second game? Yeah, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth here, but, you know, Baltimore is three games ahead of the Rays in the loss column. So everybody's going to jump on Baltimore. And then you say, well, it used to be that you automatically faded the teams that played Sunday night on Monday. Uh, so you would take Toronto. I mean, yeah, Gibson, he always seems to give up at least a few runs. And, 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 and he shut down the Jays earlier. Who, Toronto's still playing for the postseason, uh, and they've been winning, but they've been winning with pitching and, and home runs. They're not going to string a bunch of hits together, but Gibson typically doesn't give up many home runs. I mean, and Bassett's close to unbeatable at home, but those splits are so va- va- vast that, you know, that can't really be reality, I don't think. I think he was beaten by those earlier, so conventional wisdom says the pitching adjustments will be made, and Toronto will win. Uh, the betters are all on Baltimore this morning, and and since Vegas doesn't give away money, I think I'm going to fade everybody and take Toronto. And now I was thinking I didn't love it, but then I started, you know, you look at the derivatives and they might tell you something. And the team totals for that game, um, Baltimore's four and a half, both four and a half, but Baltimore's is juiced way under, um, possibly for a reason. Toronto's four and a half minus 110. So I think I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays here. Uh, and, and when all is said and done, I feel, I feel pretty convinced about that one. Yeah, I, weirdly enough, I thought when I first looked at this game that maybe the line would be a little bit closer than it was. I thought uh, maybe it was a little strange that Toronto was favored as, as much as they were. And then I looked at the kind of the market and it seemed like everyone was betting Baltimore. But I went through the game and I kind of came up with the same realization as you. It's technically when you get right down to it, Blue Jays have had a better bullpen than the Orioles and I know the last couple of years we've heard how good the Orioles bullpen has been but then when you look at the starting pitching more in depth Kyle Gibson is is pretty average and he's been pretty average for a long time and Chris Bassett I mean this is a guy that's been an all-star what once or twice in his career um 10 and 5 ERA sub 4 he's been pitching pretty well the last month really really good at home I kind of came to the same agreement as you and the way I would go about this is probably just taking the uh, Toronto Blue Jays on the money line as well. And then I did find uh, two guys that I was interested in potentially taking a prop bet on, and it was more or less who was going to catch tonight for Toronto because both Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen have uh, fared pretty well against Gibson, and their uh, stats kind of align with really good home splits and really good splits or better splits against righties like Gibson is. So I would look at potentially playing whoever catches tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays to get a hit. Yeah, no, no, no argument for me there. I, I, when I think of Kyle Gibson, I think of someone giving up runs and, you know, his stats don't um, necessarily 
match what I would think are his peripherals, but uh, I would I couldn't bet on him to pitch a shutout. So yeah, I would I would I would agree with that. Kirk especially, he's been hot. Kyle Gibson is just that he's the guy that somehow will be around for like ten to fifteen years, and he was never anything other than very average. Well, consistent, you know. I mean, it's not a lot of guys that are like that. So, you know, if a guy can go eat six or seven innings and not get killed, you know, three times out of four, then you're going to make a living. But moving on to our final game here of the July 31st, the Monday slate. Final game that we're going to be looking at, it's actually going to be a 6.05 Central Time first pitch between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals. Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers. Jake Irvin on the mound for the Washington Nationals. Currently the Brewers favorite in this one, minus 200, total sitting at about eight and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for our third and final game of the Monday slate? Well, I mean, it was clear after the Braves made Vince meet out of the Brewers' bullpen that it's it's Burns' first five or nothing. I mean, they did hit in Atlanta. They just allowed a whole lot more than they scored. I mean, it was three straight 14-plus runs games, which kind of makes this over look a little too easy. Uh, the market leans under, so I do too. But the Washington Pens have kind of been brutal over the weekend too. And you know, Irvin has some strange numbers. He he doesn't walk many, so his whip is down, but he gives up home runs. Uh, so I think you have to take the Brewers minus a half a run in the first five. And I did make a couple of prop bets on this. I took Carlos Santana to knock in the first RBI, uh, and I took Jake Irvin to give up uh, more than two and a half earned runs. I might have paid a little bit for juice in that, but. You know, he's not going to shut the Brewers out. And, you know, he's either going to leave early, giving up three or four, or he's going to pitch six or seven and eventually give up three or four. So uh, that I really like that one. But I got to take the Brewers' first five as square as it may be. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That was the only one I came up with was give me the Brewers the first five. I'll even take the run line minus the half a run because you're right. Brewers offense, there was nothing wrong with it in Atlanta. And it's not like Atlanta has some terrible pitching staff. It's just the fact that uh, every starter and a lot of the bullpen got hammered pretty good over the weekend. But I also think that maybe that could be overblown, where maybe this is a little bit cheap for Milwaukee. Just because the matchups over the weekend were Adrian Hauser, Julio Tehran, and Colin Ray. Hauser had just pitched six innings against the Braves earlier through well. Colin Ray is Colin Ray, and Julio Tehran is out of baseball two years until this year, and pitched for the Braves for a long time. So they knew exactly what he had. So I do think it was positive that the offense was still good, but I feel like Burns has been in the zone here for about the last month, and he's basically been shutting everyone down. I think uh, Washington won't be an exception. So give me the Brewers in the first five on the run line for me. Yeah, and I mean, no doubt. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. you got to pay for it, but, you know, it's it's expensive for a reason because it's quite likely a winner. Uh, switching gears here to August 1st. This is uh, the Tuesday, August 1st slate. The very first game that we're going to go to, it's going to be a 6.05 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be the Detroit Tigers traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. You have Matt Manning on the mound for the Tigers. You have Johan Aviedo on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Dave, I'm looking at the DraftKings opener here. Currently, Pirates are favored minus a buck twenty-five. Total sitting at about eight and a half. So, what are you thinking about for our first game here between the Tigers and the Pirates for Tuesday, August first? The Tigers hit pretty well in that in that series in Miami. I mean, they scored five or more in all three games, but they lost two out of three. 
So, you know, they're giving him up too. I mean, Manning was kind of shelled by the angels, but, you know, I look through his, 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 his game log and that could be perhaps the outlier. I mean, he's beaten the teams he should. Uh, and then I looked at Oviedo and in truth, I can say the same thing about him. I do like this under quite a bit. I think it's a little too high because of the Tigers outburst. Um, if I'm, if I'm picking a side here, I'm going with the Pirates because I think they have a huge bullpen edge. So I think the uh, the uh, Pirates rather being favored is probably correct. Yeah, I looked at this game and it, it was kind of weird that you said this, but both of the pitchers kind of looked pretty similar. They actually thrown the ball decently well, especially for what you would think when you, they're really not two household name guys. I agreed with you. I looked at the full game to go under. But just to be safe, because both bullpens aren't the greatest, I wouldn't be surprised about a first five under. Manning and Aviedo really haven't seen a ton of the opposing team. So there is a lack of familiarity there. And I just went, uh, since everything seemed to be pretty even, if I had to bet a side for the full game, I probably would have leaned with Detroit just because I was at plus money and felt like it probably should have been like a minus 110 type game. Again, that was just a, a lean. I'm with you, though. I think my favorite pick for the game would be the under, whether that be the full game or the first five. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I haven't looked at tomorrow's weather in Detroit, but I don't know that it matters. I mean, that park is typically a, a good pitcher's park anyway, so uh, I don't think it would matter to my – I mean, obviously it was blowing 20 miles straight out and it was 95 degrees, but I don't think that's going to be the case. That's – that's too too good of a pitcher's park. And, you know, I know we have a couple of middle-of-the-road pitchers, but we have a couple of middle-of-the-road offenses. And, you know, maybe the Tigers outburst there in Miami was the was the outlier. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I want to take the under. But the Pirates' bullpen over the years sucked, but lately they've been pretty good. So that would be that would be the linchpin deciding factor for me. Yeah, I'm looking at the weather here. Nothing crazy. You have a five-mile-an-hour wind coming from left to right. So Perfect. Not a ton going on. Moving on to our second game here for the Tuesday, August 1st slate. We're actually going to go to Kansas City. It's going to be a 7-10 Central Time first pitch. You have the New York Mets traveling to Kansas City to take on the Royals. Jose Quintana going for the Mets. Zach Grinky pitching for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, currently looking at DraftKings, it isn't listed. I lied. There is nothing on this game. Never mind. There's no sides or totals for it. Well, you have to think the Mets will be favored, but uh, I would probably put them at about minus 150 just because people aren't aware of – they still think the Mets are good. They're from New York. They were, they were supposed to be good. And, you know, taking the Mets – it's not an auto bet here for me. I mean, the Royals just swept the Twins, so, you know, they're in a happy city right now. They they do lack a bullpen, uh, and Granky has been getting shelled. And I remember we talked about Jordan Lyles being, you know, oh, and whatever, but Granky's like 1-11, and 11, so. Uh, and he lost to the Twins twice, so maybe for one game uh, I can get Granky to step it up a little bit and the Royals' momentum, uh, he can kind of put it together. And Quintana's probably always been – an enigma to me. And, you know, he's obviously not tired. He's only made two starts. I, I really want to take the Royals, but I, I just, I can't lay that kind of price with the Mets on the road against anyone. Uh, so I, I want to take the Royals, but I, I think the best bet here might well be the first five under, uh, although uh, in Kansas city, it gets super hot and that will make the ball travel. I, I don't love this game, but I do think there's a bet here uh, maybe beyond the first five under, but, it would probably have to be the Royals, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my 
stick with my first instinct because typically those are your best bets. So I'll go ahead and, and underscore the first five under. Dave, we're we're thinking a lot alike here today because right when I pulled up Zach Grinky's game log, the first guy it actually made me think of was Jordan Lyles. I'm like, man, you always hear everyone trashing Jordan Lyles because everyone knows they've only won one start. But I'm you, I went through Grinky's log. They only got four wins this year, and two of them were interdivision, so there was a lot of familiarity, obviously. So yeah, Zach Grinke hasn't been great. Now he's been a little bit better at home. I don't know if I can trust Jose Quintana, so that would lead me to something to do with the total uh, because, yeah, the Mets will be favored here. You said minus a buck fifty. I found on a different uh, website right now it's Mets minus a buck sixty-five. Uh, total right around eight and a half, nine. I'm thinking if I'm going to go with a total play, I might just because Grinky has been this bad and he's been around forever and, and these Mets hitters have seen him at one point or another, I'd probably go with the Mets team total over. And I'm sure that'll probably be around four and a half. Um, that's quite doable. I can't argue that because the Royals pen has been getting smoked as well. So, you know, if Grinky gives up two or three, I think the pen would give up the rest of them. So, yeah, I actually I like that. So, you know, maybe maybe I'll use that as my best bet for the podcast, assuming we're going to do that. Just steal it right off from under you. At this point, let's just shoot from the hip with the best bets in July. Okay. The uh, third and final game here, though, for the Tuesday, August 1st game slate. I'm going to go to a 620 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be the L.A. Angels traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Braves, Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves, Patrick Sandoval on the mound for the Angels. Currently, Braves heavily favored in this game, minus 250 with a total of eight and a half here with juice to the over. Dave, what are you thinking for our final game of the Tuesday slate? Yeah, you know, the one thing Atlanta's lacking lately is a bullpen. I mean, you saw that in the weekend series against the Brewers, and they also play tonight. And, uh, you know, is Strider an auto bet? I'm not so sure. I mean, he's shown some cracks. He's given up two home runs in each of his last two games uh, and nine runs in two games at home, uh, his last two starts in Atlanta. And he gave up eight to the Mets earlier and five to the Tigers. Uh, I mean, the point there is he's not invincible, and this is not an auto bet for me. I mean, the Angels go from, oh, we're going to trade Otani and whoever else to, you know, only four games out of the AL West. I mean, the, the downside here is Sandoval's left-handed, and we know the Braves hit lefties, but he's hot. He's only given up four runs in his last three games, and what he does tend to do is keep the ball in the park. So I can easily see getting to the Angels' run line and in what could well be um, the public disaster of the day tomorrow. I mean, I, I don't think they I don't think the Angels should be plus 230 or whatever the, whatever the, whatever the hold is on that game. Uh, so I'm actually – I'm actually not going to go ahead and just jump on Strider like everybody else will or or jump on the run line figuring the Braves will just sort of right the ship, not with that bullpen. And, and you know, Strider is not, um, you know, he's not getting as many people out as he once was. You know, maybe maybe he is getting a little fatigued. We'll wait and see. But, you know, if, if, if I'm going to bet that game right now, not knowing what's going to happen tonight, I'm going to take the Angels on the run line. Yeah, Dave, I looked at uh, that game and kind of noticed something that you mentioned, and it was that, Spencer Strider is the name, but you go right through his game logs and you go month by month. Really hasn't been that elite basically since May. 
Now, that's not saying he couldn't throw seven innings tomorrow night and give up one run. But like you said, there have been teams that have got to him a little bit. Uh, Patrick Sandoval being left-handed means the Braves could throw up 10 runs on you any night. I mean, just look at that offense. You mentioned the Braves' bullpen. Angels' bullpen total season hasn't been the greatest either. I actually looked at playing the over at eight and a half. Yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, it's tough. I, I, if I'm going to bet a total, I'm probably going to wait and see what happens tonight and see what bullpens are going to come out of it, really. Well, that'll do it for our Monday and Tuesday MLB baseball slates. Dave, do you have any football, whether that be college or pro? No. I looked at a couple here. I think I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans win total over. I mean, we know that they just picked up DeAndre Hopkins, but I might have done that anyway in as much as, you know, maybe we have a bunch of veterans maybe making one last stand. I mean, last year they were 6-6 six and six with Tannehill, uh, one and 1-4 without him. Uh, so, you know, they, they got a defense that's always better than you think. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Henry doesn't know how many years he has left. I, I think this could be – Custer's last stand in Nashville. And, you know, in that division, I mean, Jacksonville is the class of it. Um, we don't know about the Colts. I mean, Anthony Richardson is apparently looking good in 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 in, in practice right now, but I mean it's only been a few days. Uh, in Houston, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be better, but you know, they get to face uh, a bunch of rookie quarterbacks fairly early in the season. So I actually think the Titans win total over is a bet I'm willing to make. I just pulled up their schedule here at New Orleans week one. That's a winnable game. I, I still feel like we're trying to figure out what South and New Orleans is. Chargers will be a, a tougher game, but it is home at Cleveland home against Cincinnati. Where where's Joe Burrow and his calf early in the season. Indianapolis seems like it's a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, I could see what their first six games or so. I could see them being about three and three. And you said that they're, 500 last year with Tano who who is back so uh yeah I could I could maybe see it yeah well since you brought it up let's talk about the Saints um I actually like their win total over and I mean that's in spite of the fact that I'm not a Derek Carr fan but they do have a pretty good offensive lineman you get Michael Thomas coming back so you put him um, opposite Chris Olive and you know you got you got wideouts and you got to do everything back in Alvin Kamara and, you know, their defense is always good. You know, Cam Jordan uh, and, and Taran Matthew, the honey badger, it kind of gives Dennis Allen a little bit of a break because they also face some untested quarterbacks and in weeks two and three, they've got Bryce Young and Jordan Love. So, and home games, I guess they got in there against the Titans and Tampa Bay. And, you know, if you close your eyes and think hard enough, they, they could possibly be 4-0 coming out of the gate, uh, but I would expect them to be 3-1 and one at worst. So um, a lot of, nobody seems to be talking about the Saints. They're all, I, I like everybody's sort of trashing the AFC South, and I think Tampa Bay will be better. Um, than, I think every team in the NFC South will be better than people think. Uh, Carolina, obviously, will have to wait and see uh, with Bryce Young, but uh, they, they probably have the least talent of any team. But uh, I definitely think the Saints may may be back to be in the class of that division uh, when all is said and done. And again, I asterisk that with, I I really don't like to put my money on Derek Carr, but you know, that could be the only sort of below all pro 
guy on their offense, really. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints over. See, I'm I, I'm not a Derek Carr guy, but I think he kind of gets crapped on more than he probably should. I think he's better than what a lot of people think he is. I just think uh, – I just don't know how much I believe in Dennis Allen. But, I mean, it's a team that you mentioned last year. They're missing some of their players, like the Michael Thomas, who feels like he's been missing for, like, the last five years. Kamara didn't play a ton last year. Like it was a team that had a lot of issues. And don't you think that uh, just looking around the NFC South, if if they really are all right teams, well, they're also going to be playing each other quite a bit. So there's probably some wins out there where even if it's not maybe a good team, just the, the rest of the league isn't as good, if that makes some sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, but, but I like that. And, you know, I, I I'm looking at a at a college football total, um, and this is going to be digging deep to a non-power five conferences. Uh, UTSA, they're switching conferences from Conference USA to the AAC, and there'll certainly be a transition there. But I look at who they're playing, and and they're going to be underdogs at Tennessee, uh, and at Tulane probably, uh, and and at Houston quite likely. Uh, but they got a pretty dynamic offense, and they bring back nine starters. They'll probably have one of the best defenses in the conference. And I think they'll be favored in nine games and I only need them to win eight. So there's a bit of an overlay there. Um, so have I given you enough time to shoot from the hip on the Roadrunners? Uh, I mean, UTSA, when I think of them, I just think of um, them playing in the San Antonio Dome every year. Now they you mentioned they slip uh, switched conferences, though. I, I don't have a legitimate answer for you on UTSA. I just know that they've, what, the last two, three years, they've had a really good offense. They've, yeah. they've been pretty good now moving leagues. Yeah. Um, it's a winner, so don't, don't look for reasons to go against me. I won't. Maybe I will save all of that for your next total. Or maybe we'll have to do all right, like, all right, Let's do that right now. How about Akron, the Zips over three and a half? They were they were two and ten last year, but it was they looked okay in the second half. Uh, they four of their final losses came by uh, four of their final five losses came by just one score, and you know they beat the crap out of Northern Illinois, forty four to twelve. So I think they got an offense that returns a lot of people. I'm not so sure the defense; it would maybe be a work in progress, but I think they build off of last year uh, in the second year under under uh, Joe Moorhead. So I'm going to go ahead and, and think they're four and eight, five and 17, but they'll be over three and a half. Looking at their schedule here. So they'll have all winter to get ready for Temple, even though it's at Temple opening week. Temple's terrible. They, I mean, they were terrible. Uh, I could see them winning that game. Morgan State at home is a game they have to win. That's two. I don't see them beating Kentucky or Indiana on the road. And then you just get into all of the MAC games. And, I mean, if they can come up with two conference wins in the MAC, I think you probably have a winner. There's no probably about it. I'm, I feel confident in my content today. I feel more confident in your Akron, weirdly enough, which that feels weird to say because whenever you think of Akron football, you think of a team getting smoked. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure on the Saints. How can you be unsure? I just I'm with you. I don't know who's good and who's not good in the South. I feel like every team I could take an angle and be like, they're gonna be better than last year. Look at what they did here. And then same thing for every team. I can sit there and go, Man, I don't know. This team could be pretty bad. 
for X amount of reasons as well. But uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, Akron, Akron won the MAC with Terry Bowden in 2017. They're not that far removed from being a respectable team. No, but they've they've fallen on some hard times here lately. They have, they have. I, I won't, I won't deny that. You know, they were three and twenty-four before they hired Joe Moorhead. So, you know, expectations aren't high, but you only got to win four games. Real get into some of those Tuesday Mac games when it's snowing, you know, anything can happen. Hey, I love some action on TV on those Wednesdays, Tuesdays. So Dave, real quick, before we're out of here, uh, some MLB best bets. What are you thinking of for the podcast for Monday or Tuesday? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Brewers minus a half a run in the first five tonight. And I'm going to also take the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. So Dave's going to go with Toronto and the Brewers minus half a run. I'm going to go with the tonight. I'm going to go with the first five innings between the Reds and the Cubs under the four and a half. And then I think for the second pick, which will be a Tuesday, I think I'm going to take that uh, Mets team total over and it should probably be around four and a half. So I'll take the Mets team total over. I will take the Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds first five under. And then Dave's going to go with his Toronto Blue Jays tonight, and he's going to take the Brewers uh, in the first five minus the half a run. So those are the best bets for Major League Baseball slate. Just want to remind everyone to download, listen to the podcast, share it with your friends, uh, do all that good stuff, and we'll be back here. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Thursday or Friday? We'll have to. I think, Friday, I think Fridays are better. We get a little little slimy with Thursday action and afternoon games and. We get the first two games of a series Friday, Saturday, so let's do it Friday. Yeah, we'll be back on Friday then, but until then, let's continue to make some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.